You're listening to the Word of Hope, sermons preached at Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. Today's sermon is preached by Pastor Brian Wolfmuller. In the name of Jesus, amen. Dear Saints, John preaches, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is 20 or 30 sermons all piled up into one. His first sermon text is Genesis chapter 22, where God comes to Abram and says, Take your son, the one whom you love, and offer him as a sacrifice. So Abraham and Isaac journey for three days, and they get to the hill, Mount Moriah, where God will provide, and they have the wood, and they have the flint to start the fire, But Isaac says to his father, Abraham, where is the lamb for the sacrifice? And Abraham says, the Lord will provide. So they walk to the top of the mountain, and there they build an altar of stone. And then Abraham binds his son Isaac and places him on the altar trusting that God would somehow keep the promise that through Isaac the world would be blessed, and so, if it must be, God would raise him from the dead. And trusting in this promise, Abraham raises up his knife to kill as a sacrifice his own son when the angel says, Stop! And he looks, and there in the thicket is a ram caught in its horns who takes Isaac's place and is offered as the sacrifice. The Lord provides. The Lamb shows up a few hundred years later when the Lord is wrestling with the gods of Egypt to rescue His people from the bondage of Pharaoh so that they could go out into the wilderness and worship Him. And the Lord had punished Pharaoh with nine plagues, but a tenth plague was coming the death of the firstborn, and so the Lord gives instructions to Moses and to Aaron and to the rest of the people to take a lamb and to slaughter the lamb, roast it, eat it, but take the blood and put the blood on the doorpost, on the top and on the side, and when the angel would come, it would see the blood and it would pass over. The people of the promise, the people of the blood of the Lamb would be spared while all the firstborn of Egypt were killed that night. And a great lamentation went up and Pharaoh sent the people away. And the Lord says, you'll do this every year. You'll take the Lamb and you'll offer it as a sacrifice and you'll celebrate the Passover and you'll rejoice in the blood of the Lamb that saves you. God rescued His people and brought them to the wilderness so that they could worship Him. And so He sets up a a quite elaborate system of worship with any sort of number of sacrifices. And the Lamb shows up there as well. First in Exodus 29. uh, We don't talk about this much, but every day in the temple, the tabernacle first and then in the temple, there was a daily, uh, two daily prayers, morning prayer and evening prayer, like matins and vespers in the temple. And those prayers involved the sacrifice, and you could guess probably, the sacrifice of a lamb, a one-year-old lamb 
that was perfect and without spot, the people would bring it, the priest would sacrifice one in the morning, one in the evening, the smoke would go up uh, as a pleasing aroma to the Lord. And the Lord makes this promise in Exodus 29, where the lamb was being offered, then the Lord would meet with his people and he would speak with them and he would sanctify them. Now, I don't think this means, by the way, that when the lamb was being offered, that the Lord would somehow magically appear in their midst to talk to the people. But rather, what the Lord is saying is that that lamb will speak to the people. That that sacrifice is a preaching sacrifice. It's telling the people that the Lord, that the Lord is receiving the death of another in their place. The lamb was part of the sin offering, Leviticus chapter 4. Again, a one-year-old lamb without spot or blemish would be, would be brought by someone who committed a sin, and they would bring the lamb to the priest, and they would do two things. They would put their own hand on the head of the lamb, and then they, the person who sinned, would actually kill the lamb themselves, and then the priest would take over from there. And he would take the blood and put some of the blood on the horn of the altar. The rest of the blood he would pour out at the base of the altar. And then he would slaughter the lamb and all of the innards would be offered as a burnt offering on the temple to make, the text says, atonement for the sins of the people. The lamb was involved in the cleansing of the lepers. Leviticus 14. If a leper was cleansed or rescued from their leprosy but had to be restored, they would bring two lambs to the altar and one of them would be offered as a burnt offering and the other would be offered as cleansing. And the Lord or the priest would take that lamb and take the blood of that lamb and apply it to the right earlobe and right thumb and right big toe of the leper or the cleansed man. And with the application of the blood of the lamb, he would be cleansed and able to go into the temple and take part of the sacrifices. The big day at the temple in the Old Testament was the day of atonement. And this is also part of John's sermon. There's a lot that was happening in the day of atonement. There was the sacrifice of the bull on the main altar for the, for the sins of the high priest. And he would bring that blood into the Holy of Holies and put it on the Ark of the Covenant with a special offering of incense. And then he would go and he would offer a ram also and bring the blood of the ram into the Holy of Holies for the sins of the people. And he would offer another ram as a whole burnt offerings. But part of the worship of that day was that they would choose two kids, baby goats or lambs, and they would cast lots for them. And one of them the text says, would be for the Lord. And so that one would be offered as a sin offering. But the other, something very special would happen. The one who the lot didn't fall on, the high priest would take the kid, the, the lamb, and would put his hands on its head and speak the sins of the people over that animal. And then that animal would be handed over to what the text calls an appropriate person. <laughs> And they would drive that kid out into the wilderness. It was the scapegoat. Out into a deserted place. And they would leave the, they would leave the lamb there. It would carry the sins of the people out of the camp. Now all of this Isaiah takes up in his most wonderful sermon 
when he says in Isaiah 53 of the Messiah, he was oppressed and afflicted, but he did not open his mouth. He was like a lamb led to the slaughter, like a sheep before her shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. Dear saints, that is your Jesus. And that's what John is preaching today. He is there. His pulpit is the bank of the Jordan River. And Jesus comes and he preaches all of this with simply a sentence. He says, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So that Jesus is the ram caught in the thicket that is sacrificed in your place, the one that God provides. Jesus is the one whose blood causes the angel of death to pass over us and give us life. Jesus is the one, because He offered Himself on the cross, He's the one that makes it possible for the Lord to come and meet with us and speak to us and sanctify us and call us holy. He's the one whose blood makes us clean and fit to stand before the presence of God. Jesus is the one to whom the Lord imputes all of our sins and all of our iniquities, all of our breaking of His law, all of the things, all of the things that, that should result in God's wrath for us, all of it is on Him. And He is driven away from God's sight and suffers for us. Jesus is the sacrifice that preaches. Every time in the Old Testament the people would go to the altar, they would see that the lamb was being killed instead of them, in their place. That God accepts the death of another for my sins. And this, dear saints, is all preaching the cross. That when Jesus dies, the death of another is accepted in your place. When Jesus suffers, the wrath of God is falling on Him instead of on you. When Jesus is there in agony, He is there in the agony of your sin and my sin so that God could smile on us and give us His peace and forgive us. All of this, and it's really quite beautiful, all of this John wraps up in one sentence. And this sentence is for you. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. At Christmas, when we see Jesus in the manger, we behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. In Epiphany, when we see the wise men falling down to worship Jesus and Jesus being baptized and performing all 
sorts of miracles. And there on the Mount of Transfiguration, we behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. All through the season of Lent now, when we see Jesus suffering, being rejected, being dragged this way and that, pressing towards Jerusalem so that he can die, we behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And especially on the cross, we behold that Lamb. But even in the grave, even in the resurrection, even in his ascension, and as we see him in the vision given to John, as he sits on the throne at the right hand of the Father, we behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus, your Jesus, is this Lamb. And this is His work. He carries away your sin so that He might carry you to be with the Father. Now, I suppose that the devil assaults this preaching in any sort of different ways for all of us. He wants us, when we behold Jesus, to behold the wrath of God or behold the anger of God or to behold our own sins that can't be carried away by anyone. But the preaching of John undoes it, and it undoes it for us today and always. Because for you today and into eternity, Jesus is this Lamb of God. And for you, dear saints, For you, He has carried away your sins. He has suffered in your place. He has reconciled you to the Father. And this is our hope. Amen. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Word of Hope. We hope your time with us was one of joy and peace in hearing the Lord's Word and kindness. If you have questions about anything you heard on today's broadcast, please don't hesitate to contact us at office at hope-aurora.org or call the office at 303-364-7416. For more information about our congregation, for locations, service time, and schedule, please visit our website at www.hope-aurora.org. Thank you for listening to the Word of Hope.